0: Hello, I'm Ellie Harris, and I'm Mark Boucher, and welcome to Poking Books,
1: a podcast where I introduce a mystery author who will explain their book through three books which influence that book,
0: and somehow I have to guess what their book is about,
1: and Ellie will know absolutely nothing about the author or their book until they sit down to record with us, their
0: name, what kind of book they've written, I will know nothing until they enter the studio.
1: So, welcome to another episode coming to you from quarantine, but recorded before quarantine, Spooky. Spooky magic powers. Well, obviously this bit's recorded in quarantine, but the bit before, the bit in the middle.
0: We're very responsible.
1: I don't think we're making things clear. What's the podcast about, Ellie?
0: (laughs) This podcast is uh, about me trying to guess what a mystery author has written a mystery book about. Not the genre of mystery, obviously, although it could Mm -hmm. be. You bring an author into our spare room slash recording studio and they tell me three facts about themselves, and then I have to try and guess what they've written a book about. And as if that wasn't hard enough, they then give me three books that have influenced their writing. And after each book, I have to guess what their own book they've written is about. Yeah. So really, it's like a mystery book recommendation for myself and everyone listening.
1: Did you enjoy it, Lucy?
0: I did. It was, um, it was a really involving um, and quite intense podcast, but in a really good way. I think what's... Great is that you know we are covering a lot of different styles of writing, and this was completely unlike other stuff that we've talked about so far, but incredibly interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Great. Okie dokie. Shall we go? Let's Yeah. Ellie, this is Lucy. Hi Lucy. (laughs) Nice to meet you.
2: And nice to meet you.
1: So, Lucy, do you have some wonderful facts for us?
2: I do. So, my first fact is that I hold three passports. Okay. Uh, My second fact is when I was about two, I was on the shoulders of Peter Gabriel, very briefly, on stage at the Milton Keynes Bowl. Amazing. It's pretty cool. I wish I was old enough to remember, but sadly, no. And my last fact is that I have... Um, heterochromatic eyes otherwise known as bowie eyes but mine are significantly Uh, less uh, interesting they're quite dull (laughs) it's very subtle it's quite subtle (laughs) it's like a little bit of yellow more in one eye than the other my optician was extremely excited about it I wear glasses for those who can't see me
0: (laughs) subtle bowie eyes
2: subtle bowie or dull bowie
1: (laughs) I think (laughs) subtle (laughs) probably nicer yeah I feel um, your PR people would say... Subtle Bowie. Subtle Bowie, okay. Or, uh, I don't know, Stealth Bowie Eyes. Stealth Bowie.
2: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, new name.
1: Good. Great. I've got
2: questions. Ah.
1: (laughs) I I think on the passports, maybe with each book we'll reveal one of the passports. Uh, Okay. okay.
0: like Christmas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know when you, like, have a meal and you get a stocking present? With each meal. What are we
1: talking about? Oh Gosh,
0: breakfast. no, how exciting is it's that? It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's like breakfast, stocking present. No? Oh, no. That happens in my house. Wow, wow. Mm.
2: I have a daughter, so it's more like breakfast, all presents all opened. Presents. I yeah. blinked.
0: Oh, no, this is in the lead up as well to Christmas, like 23rd, 24th. Wow. wow. So every day
1: presents. you have like three presents?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, sometimes it's a pair of socks, but there's nothing better than socks, so. It's a great present. You
1: know? Like yeah. an actual pair, not one sock each. Well, it on, like, stretch it out. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Stretch it out. Will to get, they be the same? But person? then to get three pairs, you'd have to do it over two days. I'm overcomplicating <laughs> this. assignment lasts. That's all it is. I'm going to give you a bonus fact that's bonus from me. Fact. Da, da, da. <laughs> I should explain first. For people who don't know, my main job is as a filmmaker. I've made a lot of promo videos for authors. I've made about 180 of them. Lucy, we filmed hers in one take. And she's the only person who did it in one take. Wow,
0: something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I think a professional. <laughs> yeah, <That's> surprising. surprising.
1: <laughs> so, what are you honing in on, Ellie?
0: I actually don't have a clue. So, a romantic novel about uh, set in a park between two trees, as in, like the trees are the characters, and they're falling in love. There we go! Wow, wow. that was great.
1: I love it. <laughs> so, two trees falling in love. Or... Mm,
0: yeah. yeah, a larch and a
1: birch. Great. That's a forbidden, great. a
0: forbidden love, mm-hmm. but in love nonetheless.
1: <laughs> <Forbidden> love. <laughs> Sorry, is there racism between yeah. trees? I mean, this is no, a... no, no. It's just across about...
0: the the divide, exactly. right? It's about clans. There's a there's a well known uh, divide between larch and birch. Trees are brutal. They are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs>
1: Wow. We'll save the planet, but maybe then they will rise up and destroy it. Yeah. So, oh well. It's good (laughs) while I lasted. So, (laughs) Lucy, do you want to give us uh, your first book, please?
2: Sure. So, Passport as well, or Book First?
1: I think Book and then. So, my
2: first book is my very well thumbed copy of Grief is a Thing with Feathers by Max Porter. Do you know it at all? Not. I've heard of it because it was recently turned into a really good play, which I got to see at the Barbican with Killian Murphy. Probably why I've heard of it. It was astonishing. So it's it's a really impossible book to describe in some ways because it's extraordinary, and I've never read anything quite like it. So it's about a man who is a scholar on Ted Hughes, um, and he's writing a book, and his wife has died, and it's sort of from his perspective, also from his two sons and from the crow that becomes the embodiment of his grief. This really sweary, vicious, nasty crow. Mm. And it's just extraordinary. It's it's written in a kind of real poetry, and the way the crow speaks is just visceral. You know, he's very, it really is just really shouty. So do read it, because it's the most extraordinary thing. It had a huge impact on my book, and the way I think and the way I approach things, because it's so unusual, it made me have the confidence to sort of really change the way I was doing things. So okay. it's massively important for that. And my passport is, the first one is just going to be the plain old British. The plain old British, non-European. <laughs> you know, non-European British. Oh, I see. Okay. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm Okay. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that's my first one.
1: Okay, how are those trees looking, Ellie?
0: Those trees are looking pretty good, but I'm going to move away from them, I think. Uh, I am going to change my mind and I'm going to go for an anthology of... Oh, I might stick with nature, though. I might, you know, we'll see how that goes. An anthology with a focus on nature... But maybe it's a, a dark look at things, slightly swift look at things. Interesting. See, so maybe the eyes are telling. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yes. They're slightly... They are slightly
2: swift. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> Color wise, yes. <Interesting>. No, many ways.
1: <laughs> okay, definitely sticking with nature. Yeah, You're going why not? darker. Than yeah, an anthology.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing a storm. <laughs> was <laughs> the migraine
1: head. wow um, there we go for the tape good. um ellie did the <laughs> smallest most sleepy storm you've ever seen it was a little cloud a bit coming of a in a hand movements yeah. you know yeah good great okay brilliant um lucy next book yeah. next book
2: okay so my next book in, in as a confession yeah okay well I'll tell you what it is first called uh, the weird and the eerie by mark fisher Okay. so it's a academic Book Mm -hmm. on a study of various films and books and authors and music that he feels, portrays a sense of kind of unease. And his, in his mind, it leads towards kind of thresholds and other states of being, other realms, you know, and anything that kind of suggests an other, which puts us in another place again. So my confession about this is that I find it really hard to read because it's incredibly okay. academic in parts. Right. I have a friend who's a music professor at Goldsmiths mm-hmm. and she told me she read it in like an hour.
0: Oh, okay, so you have to be a certain type of person.
2: I think it's not... It's that the concepts are... Every sentence has a really high-end concept in it. Right. And if you're thinking that way all the time, then I think that makes sense to you. And to be fair fair to my friend, she's incredibly intelligent, but she just presumes we all are as intelligent. (laughs) She doesn't think people aren't as clever as she is, you know, which is very flattering, but completely incorrect. (laughs) So I've read parts that I felt attributed to my book um but I'm also still reading it. So okay. I'm currently reading this what bit am I reading at the moment? Oh on um ah, God my there goes my brain. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the the film director who did Twin Peaks, um David Lynch. David Lynch. So he, there's a whole section on Lynch. So I'm oh, reading that bit at the moment okay. about Maholland Drive and Twin Peaks. And yeah. The curtains, how okay. the, the threshold and how he's always talking about dreams. And was right. a really amazing word. Uh Onietic? onietic. So I don't know this As it, it alludes to, to a read. dream state. Okay. So I thought that was really fascinating mm-hmm. and quite appropriate. So okay. if that helps.
1: Onietic. I'm onietic. getting that into my notes. It's network. a good
2: one. I'm probably saying it wrong, though. So just check the... I think it's onietic.
1: <laughs> the internet <laughs> okay. will solve the answer to this conundrum. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Great.
2: And my other passport is Irish. Mm.
1: Two passports.
2: Hence why, you know, Brexit is less of a disaster for me, but only if I hurry up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Quick, leave.
0: No, don't. Um, Please don't leave us. Everyone's leaving us.
1: God, it's catching. (laughs) It is. Um, (laughs) What do you reckon, Ellie?
0: Um, That sounded like an angry cat, didn't it? Ah. Um
2: actually, interestingly enough, with that book, um one of the other things I was drawn to it, which sounds really bleak but it was quite important, was that he wrote all of this and then committed suicide not long after writing oh it. God. So it's like he kind of got all these things off his chest that he wanted to talk about and then just walked away from it. And it's a really powerful piece and I know he's greatly missed within the academic world because it is an amazing Book and clearly an extraordinary mind. Like I said, it's taken me yes. best part of two years to dip in and out of because I read a chapter and then go, God, I have to process that for six months and okay. Google lots of words. So, <laughs> but it's really fascinating, and I think it's sort of it's it's talking about not just in terms of. Um, an art form displaying something but how that can affect you on a personal level Mm. and how everyone can interpret those things differently Mm -hmm. so how you bring your perspective to something and how important it is so it's sort Mm -hmm. of like I think we've fallen out of love with the idea of kind of melancholia and Mm -hmm. the beauty Mm and the darkness and he's also talking about that how there's something really intriguing and Mm -hmm. fascinating about it as much as it unsettles us because it speaks to that kind of darkness and the campfire that we all want to get behind but we're still interested in what's that noise though And you yeah, know, do, yeah, who goes yeah. into the cellar to check on what that strange <laughs> noise is you know, so yeah. really fascinating to mm-hmm. read but yeah I need yeah. a couple of degrees
0: to <laughs> get my <laughs> head around it I think Okay.
1: No what's darling? What do you reckon?
0: I'm going to stick with um, an anthology that is written from first person I think maybe it's your thoughts and maybe it's a look at maybe it focuses on mental health and the mind and looking at the world differently maybe it's not maybe it is written in first person but maybe it looks at other people and how they're experiencing it but from like your point of view and how it seems that other people are experiencing yeah kind of around themes of mental health and how you view the world. Actually, no, I'm changing my mind. That, but not from first-person point of view, from lots of different perspectives and how other people might perceive the world as we know it. Okay. Yeah? Okay.
1: Fine. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, it's always really tricky. And Lucy, could you give us your dark. your third?
0: Right,
2: final book, which be interesting. It's Bobby Baker's Diary Drawings. Have you heard of this?
0: I've heard of it. Right. And I yeah. So
2: um, she's an artist who has huge problems with her mental health Ooh. and documented it throughout her life as these diary drawings. Oh, wow. And it goes from her just doing them really privately, trying yeah. to deal with them with herself, not telling anyone, to her then telling someone having a consultant, being sectioned. It talks about her family, her mother getting ill. They're quite simple drawings. They're really immediate, but they're a massive part of her recovery. Uh And they've been kind of really instrumental in people getting to grips with what it might feel like Mm. uh, because she feels, you know, trying to explain to someone poetically, visually, Mm. what it feels like to be inside trapped inside your own mind as Ah, it were so it's a really powerful book that's had a massive influence again on me it's another one I have to dip in and out of because as a whole it's quite upsetting and Mm. at times it's Mm. a very intense book she had um I think over nearly 200 works selected from it displayed in the welcome collection so there was a whole sort of series around it so she's had a real kind of impact on how people perceive mental health mm. and mental illness more mm-hmm. precisely. And my third passport is New Zealand. Ooh
0: oh, oh, what a mix. Um, and, and with that book, does it follow Does it follow the journey of... Um... Yeah, yeah,
2: it's sort of through her stages. So she puts them all into different stages of okay. where she was at, what was happening in nice. her life, Stage. to give you some sort of context. And there's a really fascinating foreword by uh, Miranda... Is it Miranda... He- Horner. Horner. And... Actually, one of her books I was going to bring in called "No Go the Bogeyman," but I decided I didn't use it enough.
0: So,
1: okay, Ellie, decision time. Okay,
0: I am. Go- I am not going to move away too much from my last guess. I am going to stick with the n- anthology. I think. It- I think it's poetic writing about mental health, and um, hmm. no, I am going to. Yeah, I am going to stick with it about. The ways in in which other people possibly have uh, recounted, maybe they've told, maybe they've told you how they view the world, and then you've interpreted that into something quite beautiful and poetic.
1: Okay, an anthology of writings looking at various different people's states of mental health. Is that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Great. So this um... is my
0: favorite bit. The, the reveal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, um, Lucy, do you want to give us your full name? Oh, what are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's other people anymore. I think it might be your point of view. Interesting. Okay. A set of um, poetic writing and anthology about either your mental health or your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. About your mental health and the way you view the world and your travels through that kind of travels through our world, as it were. Not like actual travelling, but as in navigating. Life. Life, exactly. Right.
1: Okay. Uh, Very semi-autobiographical by the sounds Mm. of your... Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, Lucy, do you want to tell us your full name, the name of your book, and what it's about?
2: So, my name is Lucy Sullivan. My book is called Barking, and I am the author and artist of it. It's a graphic novel, about uh you're so close actually so it is about mental health um it's actually an allegory based around a single character which takes in my experience and other people's into one kind of um storyline about someone who's sectioned after a grief-triggered mental health crisis so when i was in my 20s my dad died suddenly i was living in new zealand and the sort of subsequent getting home and just adjusting to life. About a year and a half later, I had a really big breakdown. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sectioned, uh, but I sought help and I went through kind of CBT and stuff and was diagnosed with depression and anxiety, um, but saw in the following years other people sectioned and just wanted to make a story that dealt with how we view and treat someone In just the most vulnerable state of their lives and use the visuals to talk about what's happening to them that you can't see Mm. because I think it's quite easy to see someone doing what you would find uncomfortable or weird and not understand that they might be equally in a really terrifying place so yeah and I have it with me if you'd like to Have a a look at it. Yes, please. Yeah, I
1: really (laughs) um, would. This is a really exciting moment because I filmed the crowdfunding video. It's it's
2: an unbounder. Yes. Ah. Um,
1: I filmed the uh, crowdfunding video for Lucy, we think, about two and a half years ago. Mm. And I've also supported the book, so my name will be in it, but I've not seen it. Ah. A big reveal for you too. I've seen pictures from it, but never actually seen it in print, so this is very exciting. It's quite big <laughs> ah, <I laughs> like so this say it.
2: actually, this edition there was an issue with the printing, so I've just found out they're going to reprint the book, which okay. I'm really happy about because, um yeah, it's not quite black enough inside okay. and it's it is very much a book about. Black. So, <laughs> so it's not black enough. It's, it, there's some, issues oh, it smells with the ink. Good. Yeah. Smell
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Can, uh, maybe so... give us a bit of a description as we uh, go through it. I want to add one quick fact. Apparently, when Tim Burton's Batman was released on VHS back in the day, mm. um, they were worried that the film was so dark in places that they lightened up the whole film that made a lot of people cross because it just then becomes all i guess a bit sort of that noisy staticky kind of look mm, so rather than yeah. terrible right. yeah totally tim burton's batman Your book. To...
2: yeah and i oh, really feel fun. for him <laughs> wow you can see some of the pages get quite yeah that's already
0: that's beautiful thank you
1: could you describe some of what you're seeing ellie you're very yeah, good of at course. description
0: um i am thank you very much now <laughs> um it's a hardback which is lovely um And there's an image um, of someone sort of framed by a dog.
2: Yeah, it's a wrap cover. So if you open the back, you can see the full... Oh,
0: yeah. Quite a scary looking sort of wolf dog, demonish looking beast. Yeah, it's not for for kids. Okay, (laughs)
2: good to know. It's definitely um, a teens and up, I would say. Okay. At least maybe. Um, Well, I'd let someone probably 13 read it because I think they go through that.
0: But probably it should be kind of
2: 16 plus
0: um there's a lot of like spa- space on the page in terms of it's all in black and white so that it really there is a massive contrast between the dark and the light there it's um how would you describe this type of illustration
1: where it's a little bit splashy and a bit scratchy makes me think of and I'm really going to be like no it's not like that at all is that Ralph Steadman
2: I love Ralph Steadman so thank you yeah <laughs> i'm a big fan beautiful.
1: Ralph Steadman who did, it's like Ralph Steadman without um, the colour in a really bold kind of mm. jagged kind of jagged Jagged's a really mood. good word for it. Yeah. Um, if people don't know Ralph Steadman, he did all that sort of gonzo style artwork that went with Hunter S. Thompson's work, like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las mm. Vegas. So there's a lot of that style you see in the Terry Gilliam film as well.
2: Do you use charcoal? No, so it's drawn with biro and ah. carbon typewriter sheets. Wow. So that's what gives all the scratchy the smudgy, mess. Smudgy, scratchy. Yeah, and a lot of that is um, when I'm drawing with the biro. Yeah, I drew. I used to be an animator, so I was a 2D animator. Okay. Um, and I use animation paper, which is very smooth. Yeah. So the buyer often leaks. Yeah. And I use yeah. that smearing to build up layers. Oh. So on some pages, there's sort of 80 layers to wow. get the texture. Wow. And yeah, it's been a real wow. um, labour of love. It is a very dark book, though, I'm not going to lie. No, you know?
1: but, wow. but it's wonderfully dark looking. Like, it's. it's really interesting what you said about just that embracing this darkness yeah seeing that we all need that time to be a bit cathartic and enjoy darkness and not be scared yeah I
2: think it's an important part of who we are yeah and I think because another book I was going to bring was about melancholia so there's a Mm. lot you know i read a lot of mental health and books about just that sense of unease Mm. and how there is something beautiful about it but you have to just it's in context and you have to know when it's getting too much And be able to talk to someone. And my problem was I wasn't aware when it had gotten too much. And I was too angry to talk to anyone. And that was the other thing. My grief and my depression showed as anger. I was very social... But I was extremely angry. It wasn't, I was shocked when they diagnosed me as having that because I would have thought, you know, everyone has that idea that you're at home and you're sad. Yeah, 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 it's far from it. I had three jobs, I was out all the time. I just had a habit of getting drunk and picking fights with very large men, (laughs) which is uh, not ideal when I was about eight stone, you know, 20. Four. Mm. you know it was just yeah not not normal and i grew up in a pub so my right, okay. parents were publicans my dad was from ireland my mum's from new zealand yeah and they had a pub in london so i've grown mm. up with when i say big men i mean bouncers yeah. and it was a bouncer who told me i had an anger problem mm. and mm-hmm. um i needed wow. to get help yeah and mm-hmm. he'd been in twice to prison for gbh so it was quite significant that, that he, he told said, me yeah yeah so he's actually mm-hmm. in the book uh, oh, okay. he takes the role of someone Telling her she's got an anger problem. <laughs> it's a really it's, cool story. It's
0: stunning images as well. I think there's there's obviously there's loads of detail in some of it, and then others it's more smudgy and.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to play with her reality. Yeah. Um, so that you you don't know you're very much what's seeing it from her perspective. So her name is Alex, and yeah. yeah, it's about seeing her worldview. Like you said, it is her worldview, but it yeah. is combined with. other people's people's so I think you were very close yeah on the fringes of yeah I think you were really close yeah you know and I think I threw you I I made a point of not bringing in graphic novels because I thought it'd be too clear yeah and I thought I'd give you some leeway with the diary drawings and at least it was a here's some art Uh (laughs) you know there is art in that. yeah but I didn't read a lot of graphic novels for this I did read more text to be fair because I think I wanted to make sure I was I, I was confident with the visual language. It was mm. the the written word that I was slightly more concerned about. Right. It opens with someone running down the road being chased by a dog. So uh, there's no let up from that point really for quite seven chapters.
0: <laughs> and I think I think that's that's part of it though, that there's there's a a real kind of I don't know, fear sometimes that people think, oh, audiences or readers or whoever can't really deal with it, so we're going to lighten it up a little bit. But to keep going and kind of...
2: It was really tricky because the crowdfunding aspect means that you're going out all the time and talking to people about the book. And I did a lot of talks and lots of people would come and talk to me about their mental health problems, which was what the book's about. I want to open up dialogue and not be embarrassed. But also everyone kept saying, is there a happy ending? It's mm, like mm. Um, I'm not going to be doing that. To, that's not yeah, the point yeah. of the story. It's and this isn't a story about everything's yeah. better. This is a story about this is what some people live it's with. Yeah, yeah, so
0: and, yeah. and sometimes that that beauty within the grotesque is even still through that. Exactly. It doesn't have to be like oh, and and then I was fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
2: finding peace with It's yeah. more what it's about, you right. know. And I guess for some people, maybe that is the happy ending. But mm. I think with mental illness. I'm s i am i still get depression, mm. I still have anxiety. That's never gonna not be there. Yes, I've just found a way yeah. to live with it and mm. being honest about it is much as much part of that as anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I can turn to people and say, look, I'm I'm having a bad time, mm. just you know, I'm not gonna come out and I'm not gonna do this yeah. and I'll be I'll be with you. I just gotta do some gardening and yeah. some <laughs> yoga. It will be well, you yeah. know, and I think that's really important. So and, yeah
0: and do you find doing do you find drawing and, and writing is Drawing is massively that cathartic, as well. but not that
2: particularly this book. <laughs> so it was definitely not a cathartic experience no. because I had to really be honest. Yeah. So I drew, I brought out a lot of stuff that I've probably forgotten about myself, yeah. and to be like, you know, I would be writing it. In fact, one of the reasons I made it a. Um, A story in a character Mm. was because when I initially did it, I did it from my perspective, and I kept writing myself too nice, and I realised that I was. I had to be honest, and I couldn't do it from my perspective. I just wasn't ready to go. This is how awful I was. So I found it much easier, and also because I wanted to bring in those kind of broader experiences Mm. of my friends, because the way they were treated was just disgusting Mm. and Mm. horrific and really worrying. Mm. And I don't think it's changed. I Mm. think we're still we've got a massive problem. And we've really got to sort it out. So there's a a lot to say in this book, definitely. Mm. So that became the important thing rather than appeasing people who need happy endings. Sorry, mum, (laughs) because she's the one that most wants that, you know. I hope she never reads it,
1: (laughs) 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 frankly. It's probably the one that's a happy ending for you, but then you've got to separate the fact that, well, my life's still going
2: on. Yeah, Yeah. and I do. You know, I have Mm a wonderful partner and a child, and we're very happy, and, you know, I have a happy ending. She sees that every day, but I think she's worried about seeing, because obviously this is a part of my life where my mum was grieving, and Mm -hmm. she was in her world, my sister was in her world, and we all went very different places, Mm -hmm. you know, and couldn't really be there and that's Mm -hmm. the other thing I want to talk about is grief and how uh, individual it is even for the same person and how complicated Mm -hmm. and you've just got to be like this is where I'm at Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ride it out Mm -hmm. you know and another thing that doesn't go away (laughs) just I'm 20 years in Mm -hmm. now you know and it's still it still gets me you know but that's just part of it Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. accepting it it's all about kind of accepting what you've got and finding a way
0: to go with it yeah. so and
2: there's some pages i still can't look at so when i got the proofs it was i was just like yeah that's fine whatever yeah okay just couldn't look at those bit do you
0: just quickly before you go into that yeah. so i my background's in theatre this i can edit this out or whatever my background is in theatre um and we did a lot of uh that one of the roles i worked for worked with a lot of artists with um mental health um needs etc and they had support workers alongside mm. them because they needed to tap out at the end of the session and have someone there. And I just yeah. wondered whether having talked to so many people, is that a thing that happens in the literary realm or not? No,
2: really? I, well, I certainly wasn't, um, approached with it. Mm. Um, no, no, I mean, it didn't come up, but then I didn't ask for it. I think because I've no. got my own structures and, yeah. I mean, it should probably be that. It was quite a intense experience. I had a really tight deadline to make yeah. this as well. And like I said, I've got a young child, so it was yeah. it was quite complicated to get it done. Um, and there should have been, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should have been some like, hey, are you okay? Because you're writing a really dark book. And yeah. Luckily, I've got enough people in my world that do stuff. that. Yeah, yeah. So I would be all right. But I would be worried about someone going through that experience yeah. if they didn't have people there because I they think, think writing
0: nice. or creating anything you're so singularly in a place yeah. that it is hard and um, even if it's not about you know mental health or yeah, if anything. it's not about grief it, it it can still be quite a taxing experience yeah. I know I, I find that a lot of the time with definitely I think
2: they're, they're so personal mm. the work anything that you're creating from scratch is, is so personal there's that um, amazing I read an amazing article from Dave Eggers who uh, likened writing to deep sea diving right. and how long it takes you to get to that place where mm. your idea lives mm. and your story is and how life just keeps pulling you out and giving you the bends and every mm. time you still have to take that time yeah to, to get, get back that. down and it's that pulling out that's the issue and sometimes you need it and sometimes you don't and yeah, yeah. it's a really it's a really intense experience Re- you know yeah. it's a wonderful thing to do anything I think it's creative, but mm. it has its price. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. uh-huh. My next one will be much more fun to draw, I think. <laughs> and right. Oh, Hopefully, so. I'll get some catharsis from that one, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, one of the things I would talk about in terms of the visuals so, um, the listeners can't see this, but you're welcome to go on my Instagram or Twitter feeds. And there's loads of work of mine online. But this is the third chapter where it opens with her in the hospital. And one of the things I wanted to make sure I did was that the uh, speech bubbles or word balloons, as they're often called, um, are very hard to tell where the voices are coming from. So these ones on the scene, this opens in a hallway with a nurse and a porter talking in kind of very hospital language about what 's happening, so that she 's getting a very brief kind of diagnosis. Um, unfortunately, most people who are sectioned are diagnosed on the spot by whoever sections you, and you 're supposed to wait for a consultation. Uh, the two people I saw uh, friends that were sectioned one was never never saw a consultant at all, never got formal diagnosis, just this spot one that she was given, which included all her medication and everything. And the second one who was Japanese and her English was pretty bad did finally see a consultant but only after she started lactating and no one told her that it was the side effect of her medication. And meanwhile I'd been in she told me that she had a boyfriend and was pregnant and I had to try and ascertain whether she had been abused or whether it was her voices telling her. And It took a really long time to get to the bottom of it. And after that she saw a consultant. It was horrific, you know, and it's that kind of casual, like, they're busy, they're understaffed, it's not a system that's working and that you can walk in in a terrible state and it's just whoever's on duty has to deal with you and they have to figure out what's wrong with you very quickly and then your treatment is based around that. And often it's not reassessed, so I wanted to bring kind of that casual nature that Can seem seemingly put you in a position where you've suddenly gone from someone free on the street to your liberties taken away, and you've become a diagnosis and a room number. So very much about the other as well, which was a really interesting thing. So in this scene, the hospital staff are talking about her, and then there's some floor on the floor is a really dark shadow Mm -hmm. leading to an open door where there's some more speech bubbles coming, Mm -hmm. and they're being quite sweary and not very nice. And it's the beginnings when you turn the page of. Uh, Alex in her room, room six with the black dog who is in full rant mode and it's this scene is quite a complicated one this is my first kind of like if you were panicking where would you be and it's you can't really tell the difference between what's coming out of the dog, what's coming out of Alex. Mm. It flits between her looking around, him talking. It's her chaotic. very chaotic yeah. scene. And it was sort of me trying to go, she's uncomfortable. She's mm. lost her grip on reality. So I don't want you as a reader to know to to. where you are. Yeah. And it sort of gradually through the book, it will become sort of more a couple of chapters I don't want to look at. <laughs> it still remains kind of quite intense yeah. through the book. Yeah. But it does sort of start breaking up a little okay. bit. So, yeah.
0: I some... think you can sort of see that through, again, through the kind of where it hones in on detail and then it's busy sort of um, more sketchy, yeah. not as focused. Yeah.
2: So I, I sometimes will do an establishing shot, but a lot of the times I take out the detail because I think when you're in that kind of state, it, you don't realise you are. not focusing, spiralling yeah. a bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, that's
2: what... I read an, a, a really amazing book, but I, in fact, I listened to it as an audio book, so I couldn't bring that one in. <laughs> But it's called Agnes's Jacket and that is a psychiatrist who um, found out about sort of secret kind of um, support groups around the world Mm. for people with um, any kind of oral hallucinations so schizophrenia Mm. who have negated their medicine they've walked away from that and Mm. they've formed these kind of underground therapy groups of their own Mm. and nearly every single person who's gone to this has uncovered uh, the trauma that that started really? their yeah that started their voices because no one bothers to talk Actually, to people. Yeah and find out and one gentleman had spent his whole life on medication in and out of hospital since he was like I think pre-teens yeah. and it was through one of these groups that someone finally noticed the Auschwitz tattoo on his arm right and he was a child Gosh. you know and you and, just think yeah, he yeah. survived none of his family did mm. you just think All of course kind of you yeah. know yeah. so I think I wanted to talk a lot about that yeah. as well and, and, and humanizing she, humanizing and she she made the point that when someone is in a psychotic episode mm. um, they're hearing their voices mm-hmm. and you could be there talking very calmly at them mm. but that doesn't mean that they hear your voices yeah. that their oral hallucinations could become straight out of your mouth yeah. and it's something my grandmother suffered with she was mm. sort of like the mad old lady of <laughs> fulham and yeah. everyone sort of laughed about her but equally i found out she had a really traumatic time in her life and that's probably what caused her schizophrenia so yeah you know it's
0: like i said it's a heavy book
1: (laughs) yeah but wow i do love how there's so much like um black space like pure black and white space Mm. um there and then that scratchiness of the blurring in between of the yeah. light and dark. So she's
2: always linked, uh, which uh, people will see. I mean, this is kind of where the runs. She's always linked to the black dog by her shadow. Okay. And then later there's a further character that's linked to her right. shadow. Mm-hmm. So, And the dog kind of is the depression side, yeah. but he manifests as different things. So he can be okay. a massive shadow or yeah. a cloud but in this, um, in this opening scene, he literally pulls out of the floor yeah. Yeah, in front of her feet. Yeah. And from then on, it's kind of this embodiment of yeah. her. But it's always saying he's connected to her. Yeah. He is part of her. Yeah. So he's she's going go to have nah. to come up in different ways. She's in and... hospital. He's still there. So yeah. she's got to find a way to navigate having this thing around yeah. for the rest of her days, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I think that's why it's so interesting what you were saying about the the ending. Does it have a happy ending? And it's sort of like, obviously, I don't know what the ending is, and I wouldn't (laughs) want to spoil it if I did know it. But there's, you know, I'm already hoping it's the kind of ending that isn't necessarily a closed ending, because this is the thing with mental health, Mm as you're saying, and it does, you know... Reoccur and it's just. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think
0: um, that's the other thing. If if other people who don't necessarily have an understanding of it, it is then going, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have a. Yeah.
2: I didn't want to do anything that was sort of like, and that's that, case
0: closed, everything's fine. And they took the medication and they were all better at the end. Yeah, yeah. you know,
2: yeah, I mean, I do say some stuff about medication and I'm not anti. I think everyone has to take whatever path works for you, you know, and some people being sections has worked well, for others it hasn't, you know, in my experience that hasn't worked. But yeah, you've just got to be open to it and not afraid to talk about it, I think, more importantly.
1: Talk about the options that work best for you. Don't take anything off the table. But...
2: Yeah, yeah, and be you, you'll know. I think people are, you know, more in tune with themselves than they realise, and they have to sort of trust your instincts a bit. But if you're out fighting with men in pubs, it's probably, <laughs> it's, probably <a> mark- <laughs> it's not working. Not, right, not, things not are, things are not going well. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, haven't done that in a while, so you know, all, right. all is well. <laughs> I do describe it as an exorcism okay. in many ways. I do feel yes. like I sort of like got my ah. a heart and went yeah. on the paper, yeah. and then went, "Okay, sorry about that." But you know, we should really talk about these things. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've been it's trying to not deal. to preempt people by mm. sort of saying, "Have some whiskey nearby or <laughs> <and> some chocolate." <laughs> <laughs> my editor was planning at one point maybe a package, a care package that okay, to go along book, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, these are these are big topics, so yeah. they have to be approached head on, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any other way of doing it. No. But, yeah, I've got the three passports if it all goes wrong. Awesome. That
0: was amazing. Yeah, that, thank you. Thanks. I really appreciate it. it. It
2: was so really awesome. good fun to do, and you did amazing. I can't believe how close you got, actually. <laughs>
0: well yeah. I. yeah it's really I good yeah. to get close at all. and it's not about two trees falling in love I know but I quite like that idea <laughs> especially there. the warring what? trees yeah. I did once do a comic about an aloe vera plant that I had in my house in Bristol who was lonely and because i had gone I was talking to my friend about my lonely plant, and she was like, oh, "You need to go and buy another one." So I did, and I did a comic strip to oh, narrate when they the met. lonely. Yeah, yeah they, they met on the windowsill and fell in love. So yeah, oh, there was see, really it was I didn't yeah. realise I'd already done it. Yeah. I was talking about my own book plug. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't know what happened to that
1: comic. Sometimes we just do, do we all do this. It. So at the end, you've realised <laughs> the books just... you've guessed is your own. It's my own
0: book.
2: But that's, apply- that's the thing. Everyone applies themselves to a story and a narrative, and that's when it works, if you can put yourself in that place. So, yeah, I think that's good.
1: Cool. Wonderful. Lucy, um, thank you so much for coming along. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And as somebody who's uh, suffered from depression in the past, I think it's really... Yeah, and also talk to friends and things like that about, you know, it's not that there's the best way to deal with it, it's working out your options, eh? and what is going to work best for you is, yeah, Yeah, really great to talk about barking. Mm -hmm.
2: Wonderful, thank
1: you. I really like the sound of your book about two trees falling in love.
0: Well, uh, maybe with all this extra time in quarantine, I will get on to writing it. Yeah.
1: There Why are two, not? There are two trees in our garden, which we are massively. Are there two? Well, there's two trees. There's one. Tr- okay, there's one tree, but I'm claiming some from the neighbours. Fine. Because- like,
0: oh, they fell in love over a fence. How oh. very is
1: Yeah. Mm. There we go. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I just do love the sound of lucid, and I think because all th- I think all three of us have had some form of depression or anxiety, yep. and. Yeah,
0: It was uh, what I found really um, sort of took me by surprise actually looking through at the illustrations, how well they translate into certainly the way I've felt before and I think would be quite relatable to a lot of other people. um, They're really, really dark and the kind of the chaos of it all um, does something that words I don't think quite could. You've been listening to Poking Books with Ellie Harris and Mark Bausher.
1: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them are just at Poking Books.
0: No hashtags, no underscores, just simply at Poking Books. You can also listen to the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash pokingbooks,
1: Or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: And remember, if you do enjoy the podcast, please subscribe because it means more people will find us and listen to us.
1: You've been listening to a Rabbit Island podcast and do tune in for the next episode very soon.
0: Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you. Bye.